I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Pencils. Pens. What were invented first? There's no way to find out. Or is there? On I Don't Know About That with Jim Jeffries. Welcome to I Don't Know About That with me, Jim Jeffries. I'm here with Kelly, Forrest and Jack. How'd you like that one? Pencils, pens? Which, yeah. What do you think was first? Oh, I reckon the pencil was invented before the pen. The lead pencil would have been before they put ink into... Although they used feathers and ink. Oh, that is a good one. Oh, oh, crap. Yikes. Were you ever in the Pen 15 Club? No. Oh. I don't know what that is, the Pen 15 it Club? It was like in, in uh, school, people would be like, do you want to join the Pen 15 Club? And they'd draw Pen 15 on your hand, but it looks like penis. And so you'd have penis on your hand all day. Ah, I was in. I was in the. I played fifty-two pickup. It was one of the ones that I always got beaten by. Oh yeah, that was the first time I ever got grounded. Was uh, Grant wanted to play a fifty-two card pickup with me, and I didn't know what it was. He threw my cards everywhere, and he walked upstairs, and I flipped him off. And I got. And you got grounded. I got for grounded. That? How old were you? Uh, probably five, maybe. Grounded. He was grounded. being a real dick bag. He deserved. But, but, but being yeah. grounded at five, where were you going? I mean, it was just more like I got. I got a stern talking to. Damn. And now look at me. I do it all the time. Oh, I can't ground that. <laughs> I, I want to I give a shout out to a couple of comedians today. I, I just watched again. I watched uh, the, the King of Stanton Island, uh, Bill Bird, Pete Davidson, guys who I'm friendly with, who I, I admire and like both of those guys. Excellent actors. Mm -hmm. Both of them nailed it. The movie was good. The movie's the fantastic. Movie's I haven't seen it. They're yeah. very good actors. Yeah. Bill's Bill. You, you know, I've seen Bill in a lot of things, but, but Pete had a lot of emotional pull in the film and, and uh, the acting was spot on. I've watched it twice now, so I just want to do that. I also want to give a shout out to uh, to Ellen DeGeneres, who's having a horrible time. Now, I don't know. I'll tell you this. Ever since I moved to Hollywood, I've heard horror stories yeah. about Ellen DeGeneres, right? But I'll tell you this much. I wouldn't believe any of them. They're probably true, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to believe anyone. Because why is it always the famous person who has all the stories about them? No one ever talks about the janitor at the Ella DeGeneres show who was a pain in the ass. Oh, no. oh well, yeah, because they're not being a pain in the ass. Because, because, because Ellen was running the things. When you're the boss of a big show like that, and I was a boss of a little show like that, for the most part, you get along with everybody, but there's always some people that aren't pulling their weight or they're pains in the ass or they hardly work. And I think to get to where she is, you have to have a little bit of get the get that person the fuck out of here. And those persons, those people feel really badly treated and then they write stories. So although I have heard bad things about Ellen, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Let's wait until all the information's in because the, the network's doing an actual uh, investigation right now. I've seen thousands of stories of it, though. They, I know. They feel I know, corroborated I know, but I'm hell. going to give her the benefit of the doubt until I find so out. So you her. really believe women is what you're saying? I believe Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> uh, breaking news. Ellen DeGeneres' video has been oh, found God. of her drowning puppies. Ah, they have that, actually. So what did those puppies do? That's yeah, a good point. True. 
Did they get into the sack? Was she throwing other sacks what full of other wearing? garbage? The How did you know they were in a sack? Work? I didn't even say they were in a sack. How did you know they were in a oh, sack? He's seen the video. <laughs> Jesus. It's a good video. I just I just think it's, everyone's piled on and we don't have all the information. Was she, was she uh, mean to people at work or was she... She supposedly has been awful to people she works with. Like, just terrible. I've, I've heard this. Everybody I've ever met yeah. says this. And there, there's like a... there were, there's plenty of tweets that have gone viral on this basically, but there is one where it's like, why is it that everybody who moves to LA eventually knows somebody who's been mistreated by Ellen? Like, yeah. I, I, I think I agree. I think we should always wait for the investigation to come out and see what happened. I have heard many stories of that as well, but, but it could just a, be the thing where okay, you have uh, to come uh, up with it. It's, it's not illegal to be a bitch. No, did it's she, not, but did she do anything unscrupulous, but they're not, but they're not saying she should be arrested. They're just saying, I, I think, I think the big thing is like, when when you're a celebrity whose entire gimmick is that you're really kind and generous and all that stuff, but behind the scenes you're treating people that you work with like shit, I think that's the disconnect. Nobody's saying she needs to be arrested, but it's just like, f then fuck off. Like, right, but is there going to be, because there's a lot of people who worked on that show for a long time, so... Is well, it, it says bullying and racism, so there might ooh, be... Oh, yeah. now we've got something. The story's yeah. What did now. she say then? It doesn't, it just, this is a news article saying that former staff members claim to be victims of bullying and racism and that's part of the investigation so it doesn't have specifics yet but so if that comes out that she was racist that's a whole different thing than being like an asshole like I, hear, I hear also homophobic <laughs> very, very weird there's a little curveball i mean but that happens though i mean people that are are gay themselves end up being homophobic because they like they hate themselves closeted people a lot of people are saying that this is a, a backlash for her being in that in the um wasn't she with bush uh in the in there a, was backlash yeah, for the a bush. Sport, a sport sporting event i forget yeah in, in a booth yeah. Also, I thought it was a little bit rich in her special that she was going, oh, she couldn't get TV work because the, the industry was homophobic or whatever. You're like the richest person on TV. Yeah. Like, like what do you mean you didn't get, you, you had a sitcom, you were out of work for a few years, then you got another TV show? Yeah, that's just how the industry works. That's just how the, fucking, <laughs> just how the business works. I've been right? unemployed since December. <laughs> she's worth, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's worth because 330. people don't months. like blondes. Yeah, that's true. Still married to Portia de Rossi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, Portia and sits around not eating food, and then they giggle together. And <laughs> I, I don't know why does she, does she, has she, has she struggled with her weight. And like Portia, Portia Rossi. Rossi was anorexic or something. Uh, I'm being mean about anorexia, but now. she's 16 years younger than Ellen. All right, Ellen. All right, yeah. Ellen. Yeah. She's not yeah, ageist. That's why. That's why you should learn how to dance, kids. Wait, Portia Rossi is from Australia. She is. She is. What? She is does from she Australia. Have, I didn't I know that. that. I didn't even. I've never heard her with an accent. What, you, why are you shaking? You don't even know who she is? No, of course I know who oh, she okay. is. I didn't know she was from Australia. Horsham, Horsham, Australia. Yeah, the country, Horsham. country town. She's from Horsham and they named her Portia? Yeah. It's kind of rude. Portia from Horsham? <laughs> Portia from Horsham. She would have been the only Portia in Horsham, <laughs> including the cars. There would have been, there would have not been another one. <laughs> oh, and then one hour ago, Film Daily, a $500 million divorce, Art Ellen DeGeneres and her wife splitting. Wow, there's all sorts of rumors. They've been saying that for years. Yeah. Rumors swirling. I also think, Ellen, what, what she did wrong at the beginning of COVID was she went, it's like being in prison. She was in her house going, it's oh. like being in prison. You made a misstep there, Ellen. Yeah. That's a nice prison, there, though. I feel like there were a lot of celebrities that are like, oh, we get it. We're stuck at home, too. We're like, you have a fucking giant pool. You have butlers. What, you do not. You do not understand. Oh, what we're it's going when through. when they did that sing along with Disney. Yeah. People should have just done that in the smallest room in their house. Right. They were swinging around on fucking those those ladders that are in the libraries. Yeah. 
<laughs> as soon as you have a, if you have a library in the modern era of digital books and everything, right? right. It's ridiculous. You're an asshole. But if you have a ladder that runs along that library room that you and your wife can sing, be our guest. <laughs> And then you can slide around. You're not in touch with the common folk. No, definitely not. Do you know that she was what her husband's name she was married to? Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen, Ellen, Ellen was married husband? to a man. What? Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Before she before she came out, I guess. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh uh, no, no, no. She used to be married to a guy called Belland, and that's why they broke up because the name was Ellen Belland. No, his name is Mel Metcalf. Mel and L. No, wait, Mel Metcalf. Yeah, M E L M E T L. Yeah, it was Ellen Ellen and Mel. And he, I don't know, what, that, there's not a lot of information on him. He has an IMDb here. Let's see what he does. There's a celebrity named Yeah, Mellon. he'd be some type of producer. Producer and actor known for, known um, for the Holiday on the Moon, Requiem, and the Art of the Dollmaker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He was married to Portia de Rossi. Uh, yeah. That makes more sense. Oh, right. okay. uh, do, do you know how many Ellen fanatics are sitting around there? <laughs> no! Going, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> Ellen used to date that other bird that, that had the short blonde hair. Who, oh, yeah. Uh, um, Anne Heche. Anne Heche. Anne Heche right. used to do it. Yeah. She but, uh, used to but do But she's it. not gay? She's back with men now. She's come back. She's Probably bi. She's, uh, she's bisexual. Yeah. Anne Heche. And hey, so she's yeah, because she was in uh, that was right at time time she was in that movie where she crashes in the airplane with with Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford, and they have to get along on an island. Yeah, yeah. How would you get along with? I always thought that about Harrison Ford when he crashed his plane on a golf course. Yeah, that's some Indiana Jones shit. Oh yeah, that would make you blow the, your mind on the Matrix so badly that if you go fucking hell, there's an old World War Two plane that has crashed in the middle of this field. Let's look inside it. It's Indiana Jones. Yeah, and then you'd be just checking for the time machine. I would argue, before we start this subject, I would argue that the time machine will never be invented because they would have already come back and told us about it. Yeah, that's I mean, how those movies work yeah. when you watch them. Yeah. But once it gets invented, yeah. But, so maybe, but the future hasn't happened. We're the only present. I don't know. This is why I can't. Get, get my head around. Well, I need to get, smoke weed before yeah. we do this conversation. Do you believe, <laughs> I don't know what this dude. Do, do you believe in time travel, Jack? Yeah, why not? Because it's ridiculous. Uh, Another oh. Jack hot take. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why not? Why not? Uh, by the you way, ask for a hot take. Just to clear up, Anne Haitian and and uh, Ellen DeGeneres were never married. No, but so they we, dated for a while. Yeah, I just want to make that clear. Yeah, just, they, they trying they, to get all our hot goss. They, yeah. they had that, and then like Anne Haitian, she said anything about Ellen? Oh, Ellen never spat in my face and threw me out of her room. <laughs> no, never. Like, what was the one I heard about Ellen where it was like she bitched about some food or something? There was something that wasn't made right, and she had a tantrum. I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty of those. Mm-hmm. I've heard things like people aren't allowed to make eye contact with her, which I've never really understood yeah, but Steve yeah. Harvey Steve Harvey had the same thing I'll tell you what when you got a late night show I, I know what happened to Steve Harvey He's, he put up a lotus no one's allowed to come in the office there was too many people he was nice at the beginning there was too many people came in and went hey I've got an idea to pitch right. to you and he said can they just fuck off yeah because other than that Steve Harvey just wrote can people not talk to me? <laughs> like that's pretty. That's a pretty generous thing. Yeah. I won't talk to you. You don't talk to me. Let's leave each right. other alone. He wasn't abusing people. He wasn't yelling at people. He was saving all of his smiles for Family Feud. <laughs> I've never said to any of you, "You can't talk to me." Not for an extended amount of time. I remember someone like when I was started first started working for you. They go, "Oh, don't ever talk to Jim before a show." 
and then someone was really serious with me. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then just so just someone just blew it out of proportion. So I'm sure that happens with like every celebrity. No, I've never, I never asked, never not once that no one talks to me before a show. These are these fucking rumors stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These are these fucking rumors. And you, did you leave me alone? How long does that take? Because most of the time we used to listen to Barry Manilow music. Well, I won't speak of a thing. I used to play a pinball machine for a bit. Yeah. And then I used to wear my suit and go, oh, I don't know about this suit. Can I have a vest or whatever? I was pretty chill before you went out. I it would guess more, most people more probably stand up, just... more stand up shows uh, than our tape show. Oh, before stand up? Yeah. No, you can talk to me right before I go out there. I would guess people are probably just intimidated at some point. Like, I, n- I wouldn't wouldn't have started a conversation with you in the first year of knowing you. I, w- I just didn't want to bother you. Don't it's look never, at me. I- <laughs> I never have made eye contact with you, which is weird. Three years in, yeah, I'm not good at making eye contact with people. I assume that I, I, I'd like them all to do the same to me. I, I hate eye contact. It makes yeah. me so uncomfortable. Oh, it's oh that's if, if so I was stupid. in a position of power in a show, I would demand eye contact. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody must make eye contact with me at all times. So you just walk through like <laughs> that's what I'd do. I don't understand I, how could Ellen be that bad though. We'll Ooh. see. Investigation well, happening. Have her on. We'll be checking in with this in a couple of weeks. Um, Alan, watch. By the way, uh, <laughs> it looks like the pen was before the pencil. Wow. Shit. Wow. The pen- why, why did they even bother? I guess because you can erase it. I guess. Mm, I don't know because graphite was discovered eventually, yeah. and then but it was lead it. first. Yeah, and you can sketch better with it than uh, you kind of pen. Look, I didn't yeah. do a lot of research here, Jack, but I'm I'm going with pen before pencil. No, I just meant uh, graphite is newer in pencils. Has anyone ever owned a pencil that wasn't a two B? Yes. Yeah. I haven't. Okay. Two, two Bs all the way. that conversation. Um, <laughs> well, what was yours for us, huh? If you had a different type of pencil, what, I what time was it? I had a one sometimes. I had a three. I had a husky if I was going to pencil fight. Are they- Do you remember pencil fighting? What the hell is pencil no. fighting? Where you go uh, like that and you flip Yeah, it? so pencil fighting is when you used pencils. One person, would, you'd, you'd have your pencils, you'd hold on to one, like on both ends, and you had to hold on to it uh, tight or loose. Was that There was like a little bit of gamesmanship there and the other person would take the pencil and flick it and try and break your pencil and you would hit it with the metal part of the end of the pencil to break the pencil and eventually you'd have a pencil that was like undefeated and like won like nine matches you'd be like this is my pencil never gets beaten (laughs) sometimes you if you try too hard to pull back the pencil you'd snap your own pencil hitting it but it was a whole thing well, I yeah. didn't grow up rich. Bring it I back. Waste pencils there was a kid like in school who smashed my ruler once. That was a bad one. That's a bad um, story. This is a good time, and I think <laughs> to remind everybody to to follow our our, our Instagram ID cat. IDKAT podcast. IDKAT. How are you, you enjoying the podcast, folks? Well, let's start. Let's start the actual show. Forrest, yeah. take it away. Okay, it's time to introduce our guest for today. Uh, please welcome to the program, Doctor Faith Hackett. Ah, I already know too much now. It's a doctor and it's a hackett. <laughs> it's a hackett. I, I thought for sure we were going to keep the hackett out of it. And also not it's. She's right there. She's well, the no, a, a, a doctor. She's a doctor. She's a hackett, right? But I don't like to use different pronouns with people anymore. I, I, try, to, <laughs> I try not to guess these things anymore. But no, I, you know how it is. That's the world. Anyway. So, so, so just so you know, Dr. Faith Hackett, uh, this is the part of the show where Jim is going to try and guess what you do just by looking around, seeing what's in your home there, or asking some yes or no questions, I might give him some hints. So because uh, you're a doctor and you're from, I am going to assume, Jack's family. Uh, Why would you assume that? Because of the name Hackett, oh, and there's yeah, other yeah. reasons. <laughs> um, and, and because you're from Jack's, Jack's family, I'm going to assume that you're a doctor in some type of uh, sweet, sticky syrup <laughs> that goes into carbonated water. Would that be correct? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's a Dr. Coca-Cola. She's Dr. Coke. I think she's being sarcastic. <laughs> I used to have a guy called Dr. Coke who came over to my house yeah. once a week. Wait, wait, you're not being sarcastic? No, sometimes I'm covered in icky syrup. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I should stop asking questions uh, at this spot and maybe we should just find out what she's a doctor in. Um, that's it? You're not yeah, guessing I'm, anymore? I'm not gonna ask you want any more. guesses? There's too much there's any, too want, many innuendos. Clues? Give me a clue. Give me a clue. Give me a clue. Okay. Because uh, okay. icky syrup is a lollipop. Okay, she's candy, giving you a clue. Um, part of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You're uh, you're a doc of food preservatives. No. <laughs> you're a Willy Wonka. <laughs> now children. How about children? There's a there's a clue. She's a pediatrician. She yes. is a pediatrician. All That's right. it. You got that right. And okay. Yay. Today we're going to be talking about vaccines specifically. Ah, Dr. Love, Faith Hackett. I love the vaccine. Uh, doc, okay. Dr. Faith Hackett is board certified by the American Academy of Pediatrics since 1986. She completed her residency at John Hopkins Medical Institution in Pediatrics. She is on staff at Anne Arundel Medical Center in Annapolis, Maryland, and she has been practicing. She has been a practicing pediatrician in Severna Park, Maryland, for thirty-four years. So. Now, my first question before we get into the vaccines, I don't remember pediatricians in Australia. We all went to the same doctor. This idea that your child goes to a different doctor to you wasn't something that I, I remember. Ross off friends. He kept on going to his pediatrician. I never understood that storyline. Is this an American thing, or um, or was I just going to the wrong doctors as a child? It's Australia. You only had two doctors. Yeah. <laughs> no, you only had your doctor. You had your family doctor. You didn't have a special kid one. But, you know, that's true here in areas that are like um, very spread out. Like in rural America, you won't find a pediatrician. Oh. But in very heavily um, occupied areas like big cities, et cetera, there's so many kids and there's so many adults that it's easy to not be a family doctor. You can be, you know, very specifically dedicated to certain age groups. They even have geriatrics where you only take care of people over 65. I should also mention that our doctor was also our vet. <laughs> That's important to add into the whole thing. I, 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 my pediatrician was Dr. Nash, I remember. And I hated getting shots. I guess all kids do. And then one day I ran out because he told me I was going to get a shot. I ran out of the, the doctor's office into the parking lot and climbed a tree because yeah. I wasn't going <laughs> to... Yeah, that's forest all over. <laughs> so agile. <laughs> but, yeah, back there, it was the last tree you ever climbed. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> the shot made him all bloat. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, Doctor Hackett, what we're gonna do now is, um, I'm I'm gonna ask Jim to tell us everything he thinks he knows about vaccines. I'm also gonna prod him along with some questions, to help him go along. We'll let him ramble on there for about five to ten minutes, yeah. and after that. We're going to grade him how well he did. You're going to give him a grade 1 through 10, 10 being the best on his accuracy. Kelly's going to give him a grade on his confidence, and I always do, et cetera. Uh, if he scores combined 21 through 30, large pox. 11 through 20, <laughs> medium pox. 0 through 10, small pox. Small pox. Yeah, I think you got it. It's a trend. I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you um, wait for that wave of large pox. That'll really okay. wipe out a generation. <laughs> Uh, I'll be taking some notes, uh, Dr. Hackett, so that I can kind of lead us back to where we were, but feel free to, if you'd like to, too. So, all right, Jim, uh, what is a vaccine? A vaccine is something that is given to you to stop you from getting a disease or a, um, I'd say a disease. Yeah. 
something that's it's, given to you? It's an injection that's filled with, and sometimes it's filled with a small portion of the actual disease so your body will build up immunity so that you will no longer be able to contract. Con you can still get the diseases, but it's it makes it very, very rare. Okay. And it's only an injection, or can you do other things? Uh, I believe it's only in needle form, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, where does the word vaccine come from? Uh, uh, from the Latin to vaccinate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it comes from, it, I was only being silly there. It was very clearly from the Vatican. Uh, and uh, it was to make young boys uh, tell lies. <laughs> the first one. I'm not Very swearing. <laughs> uh, that's one of the rules. Doctor Hackett laid down. There's two. Uh, there's boundaries. Yeah. Um, how is a vaccination different from inoculation, or is it the same? Oh, um, uh, inoculation versus vaccination. I think inoculation is something that you do after you get something. You can be inoculated for something after you've had the condition already, so you won't get it again. And vaccines pre uh, pre 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 preventive. Is that the word? Pre preventative. Preventative. Is pre a predator? It's a word now, yeah. <laughs> uh, when was the first inoculation? Um, okay, so look, my on vaccines and whatnot, I, I know that the 19, uh, late 1960s was when they... Oh, no, no, the early 19, late 1950s was when they invented the polio one. So it would have, there was ones before that. Polio wasn't number one. I, I think we already did things for tuberculosis and we did uh, did other ones. So I'm going to say they started vaccinating in, in the 19, early 1940s. Early 1940s. Yeah. First vaccination. Yeah. And inoculation. You said it was different. So. Uh, it's 1938. Okay. <laughs> You're killing it. Uh, do you know what nasal insufflation is? Uh, that would be a way to inoculate someone through the nasal passage with a spray. Mm. Sounds good. Yeah, because there's a lot of, there's lot, that's why cocaine works, because there's a lot of little blood vessels and stuff up there, and it can get into your system very quickly. And, you know, you, you, you have like the sprays now for when you've got a cold, because that's where the, the germs get into. So it's uh, another way to, to vaccinate. There you go. Them. Yeah. And only if they came up with a vaccination combined with cocaine. Yeah. You'd be ready. <laughs> I, that's how I get my he'd face. Be, he'd be unstoppable. <laughs> uh, when was the vaccine invented and who discovered it? Oh, we already said, you already said, so you said 1940s, but yeah. who, who, who was the per first person to come up with a vaccine uh, or to coin the term vaccine? Let's yeah, say. I'm going to say, uh, who's the one who found the mole, who found penicillin? Mary Antoinette? No, she was the queen, wasn't she? <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to go with Joe Finkel <laughs> on this yeah, one? Who's, who's the woman with the radiation? Uh, Is it Marie Curie? Marie Curie. Right. She did it. Marie Curie. She Marie Curie? It. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how was the vaccine produced? Um, in big metal machines that, that like, if you ever see those, how, like, like how they make Sriracha, it's similar to that. <laughs> there's, there's little needles that are all going along a conveyor belt and then a little thing goes down and goes, 
and then there's a little rooster <laughs> label that and then it goes into a thing and then some Wait, people can you go do the sound oh, again, please? <laughs> and then the, the little needle goes thing and they get into plastic bags and then the little heater strip strip seals the bag seals the bag seals the bag seals the bag and then there's like a lady who's been working there for 10 years going yeah a lot of people don't like this type of work but i like this type of work <laughs> it gives me time to think about other things it's like and an she's, office she's documentary into, into boxes that's how they that's how they manufacture dr hackett were you trying to say something you couldn't hold it in any longer <laughs> Talking about making Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they call it comfort food. It's a small vaccine. <laughs> uh, how do they test vaccines? Oh, uh, I've talked about this. Especially, you start off with uh, monkeys. You inject them and see. You start off with rats. Then you go monkeys. Then yep. you go homeless people, students, then us. Now, what they what they really <laughs> have to do is they have to find, first of all, someone who's got the condition. So right now with corona, there's no use... I guess they do test it on 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 yeah they're testing it on people who want to get paid fifty bucks and to go in you know probably more money they're probably getting more money for probably, COVID for COVID nineteen yeah, for COVID they're probably getting five grand ten grand and they come in and they inject them and then they 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 have one person they inject with just nothing and one person they inject with the vaccine and then they can have the test person versus the other and see if anything happens mm -hmm. okay do you know how a vaccine works a vaccine gives you the smallest amount of the, pro the the disease into your body so that your disease will build up a tolerance, your body will build up a tolerance and then you will always be immune to that disease is the theory. Okay. And so what happens is you've got your MRIs, which are the ones that people are worried about. So when I was a kid, you used to get one vaccine or maybe you got one needle for each thing. Now we have needles that are like multivitamin packed and which will have your tuberculosis and your and your the the the, the polio and the and the the one the tetanus and all that type of stuff well, they'll all, all be shoved into you well that's my next question name at least five diseases we have vaccines for ah, okay polio yeah tuberculosis uh hpv thank god <laughs> Jeez. Thank God. That means like you weren't injected? What are you angry at me for? Um HPV uh we got uh we got a vaccine for smallpox mm -hmm. the smallpox um uh what other one probably we had one for the spanish flu because we got oh, we got flu shots of vaccines okay that's five yeah good according to the who not the band yeah the, got it all right there are licensed vaccines for how many infectious diseases i would say Oh, I'd, it would be quite a high number. I, I'd say 80 or 90. 80 or 90. Yeah, yeah. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay. How you're many? You're going to say 2,000, go, or you're going to go 10. There's no, <laughs> there's no in between on this. Have vaccines eradicated any diseases? Um, yes. Yes. We, well, and what are they? Well, oh, well eradicated is a tricky one because we still have cases of polio happening in Africa and stuff like that. And I, I believe smallpox has been eradicated. I believe I'm going to say smallpox has been eradicated. Smallpox. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and how many deaths per year do vaccines prevent? Do they? They. Eradicate? Oh, it could it could be in the millions. Like, millions. It could be in the millions across the world. We don't. You can't quantify that number because you don't know how much a disease would have spread if we hadn't put the vaccine into use. We don't know how much smallpox or polio, or whatever, would go bananas with. Okay. And then now, what is herd immunity and how does it relate to vaccines? Herd immunity is when we all get together and we all get the same cold so that we're all as a group going through the same problem at once so that we will all eventually become immune to it. And they, they tried that with the COVID in, I think, Switzerland or something like that. They tried herd immunity. 
Okay. And did it work? Uh, it did not. No, no. I, I believe the Swiss actually had a real bump in the whole thing and the countries around them were doing a lot better. And then people started blocking the Swiss from coming into their countries in Europe. Okay. It was Sweden, but... Sweden. Close, yeah, close. Same thing. Yeah. Oh, hot yeah. people. <laughs> hot people. It, is there a vaccine for COVID-19? If not, how long till we get one? We we have we have ones in the trial phase right now, but we don't know. And there's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of con- there's a lot of problems with this right now because if they rush it out too quickly, even I'm pro vaccine, I might be a, a bit skeptical. I want to see a hundred thousand people have it first, but then we also don't know what the effects will be in a year's time or something. So, so I, I believe that they have vaccines they think will work, but they still have to go through more tests and more time before mm-hmm. they're sure that they do. Okay. Couple, couple more questions, and we'll get here. Um, I think you're doing are, great. Are there, are there any adverse? All right, Jack. Are there any adverse effects from vaccines? Um, well, it depends who you talk to. If you talk, well, to, uh, if you talk to an anti-vax, we'll, we'll person, talk about anti-vaxxers in a second. Let's them aside. Pe- them aside. People, people have argued that you, it can lead to autism. No, no, no. Don't talk about that. Like real adverse effects. Like at least what we would. Yeah, you, you, your arm swells up. I watched my son get one. His arm bloody swelled up, and the bloody needles are painful as all balls. Okay, but recoverable, right? Yeah, rec- they're recoverable things. I don't think there's a. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a lasting effect that we know of that we can categorically say okay. w- with 100 percent definite that this is what's going to happen. And I already know the answer to this, but anti-vaxxers, how do you feel about them, and what do you think about them? I think they're detrimental to our way of life. And what are they? Just so yeah, <laughs> they're they're people. I, and I have friends who are anti-vaxxers. I have people who I like the company of, who I think you otherwise, <laughs> yeah, who, who I really like, but that they believe that. Um, they believe that vaccines lead to more problems. And what they sort of bank on is they bank on that you're going to vaccinate your kid right. and everyone around is going to, so their kid's going to be all right sitting in the middle. But then we saw things like the outbreak, measles, put that down. Measles got a vaccine. <laughs> um, when we had the outbreak of the measles, the measles at, at, uh, at Disneyland that time, right? Mm. I was like with my son, I was like, and it was his first time going. He was only like two or three or something. He'd been vaccinated, so I was like, come on, eh? We're going to Disneyland. Because there was no lines. Did you have the vaccine? Oh, I hope so. But that was <laughs> that was the sweet spot when the measles was was yeah. kicking off. Okay. Um, and lastly, I don't know if Dr. Ackett, I, I I put this in here. I just stumbled upon this. Do you know do you know anything about a horse named Jim and how that relates to medicine or vaccines? No. Never heard of that? No, I've never heard of a horse named Jim. I've heard of a <laughs> a, a boy named Sue. <laughs> to all my, I had a, I had a fight the other day with someone about Johnny Cash. Everyone knows my opinion on Johnny yep. Cash. Johnny Cash is shit. Johnny Cash. If I hear an, another I like person go on that he had a forty year career, the man in black. Okay, first of all, wearing black is just slimming, and that's why we all do it. His catchphrase, "Hi, I'm Johnny Cash," is just him saying hi, and then his fucking name afterwards. <laughs> That takes no effort. Yeah, because back then they had, there was not a lot of catchphrases. He was getting yeah, in on them. Really. He got in on the ground floor with <laughs> <Yeah>. catchphrases. <laughs> Hi, I'm my name, <laughs> right? And then and then and then everyone goes, oh, I love. I was I was had someone over my house and they were like, oh, I just love Johnny Cash. I love Johnny Cash. It was an Italian friend of mine 
He said, I learned to speak English of Johnny Cash. I love Johnny Cash. And I went, Johnny Cash is shit. And he goes, oh, no, Johnny Cash is one of the most important people in the music. And I said, name me five songs. <laughs> Couldn't get past three. Ooh. No one can. Walk the line. Boy, good Sue. Folsom City Blues. Ring of Fire. Because he's definitely one of those ones Go that people away. say that they love to sound cool. No, I, I can name you more than five. Johnny you Cash could be. On. You're an odd bird, right? Yeah, yeah. But I've bird. never, I've never driven back down Sunset and seen someone in a convertible come by me. Never happened. And then, but I've seen plenty of you wearing the T-shirt where he's given the finger. You can piss off the lot of your Johnny Cash fans. You're a bunch of frauds. Anyway, back to you don't know anything about a horse named Jim. No, I don't know anything okay. about a horse named Jim. Okay, I think that's it. Um, <laughs> the, the hate mail we're about to receive no, is going to be someone's going to go well, and they'll go out the Folsom City, um, Folsom Prison Blues. That audience had to be there. His most famous concert is an audience that were mandated to be in the room. Well, I, I'd sell out every gigs if I only played prisons. Right. <laughs> You should actually It'd be sad if you idea. didn't. I'll just stay in solitary. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Dr. Hackett. I've got, a, by the way, saying Dr. Ha um, Hackett really fills the meaning as it falls out of my mouth, but I know I'm talking to you and not him. <laughs> for, for, a, for a second there, I'm like, Dr. Hackett. One day I could be a doctor. Because Jack's what, over there going, you're doing a good job, Jim. What, what, <laughs> what bizarro world is there a Dr. Hackett? <laughs> I think there's 10 of them in my family. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, so you're a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to change my answer. They test vaccines on Jack. <laughs> <laughs> they work out great. Uh, his, his aunt is getting upset right now. <laughs> she doesn't like you picking on her nephew. Oh, so. no, I don't care. <laughs> She'll pile on. She's got, she's got dirt. Is Jack, we have to do it before we get to the vaccine. We answer the question. Is Jack uh, popular in the family? Is he one of the more loved ones? Or does everyone get together at Thanksgiving and go, oh, Jack's here? <laughs> well, no. Jack lives on the West Coast with you guys, and we're all on the East Coast. Yeah, so yeah. We only, I only get to see him on, like, your show. Yeah, but if the if the wind blows right, you still get to smell him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I have the fans on right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so Dr. Hackett, uh, on a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being the best, how well did Jim get an accuracy on vaccines? I'd say he got like an 8. He did really well. What? Okay. I was kind of surprised. Some of your discussion wasn't um, like medically accurate, but you had the right idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. What about confidence, Kelly? I'm giving him a nine on confidence. I want him to get large pox. Yeah. Baby. Yeah, he has 17 before I even give it to him. I'm going to give him a five so he has large pox. Large pox. Yeah. Large pox. Yeah, large pox, Jim. All right. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, what is a vaccine? Jim said something to stop you from getting a disease, an injection. It's always an injection, small portion of the actual disease to build immunity. How close was that, Dr. Hackett? That was pretty close. Like what, what vaccines do is they take part of the germ and, you know, we call the term denature it, you know, make it weak or take enough of the germ to give your body um, a view of the germ inside your body to make antibodies to it. So that's what you meant is you make yeah. antibodies and antibodies are made all the time, but they usually aren't made until they're needed. So if, for example, um, somebody coughs on you with the flu and you have antibodies, the antibodies of the flu suddenly start being made and it will surround the flu and stop it from invading you and making you sick. And it's really important for those big diseases, like you said, and I did love that you added measles at the end there, Jim, because measles is a hot topic for the anti-vaxxers. 
and it sort of is the one that people recognize the most, but it is a deadly illness. And we um, give them a little tiny bit of measles that's different than most of the other vaccines because it is a live vaccine. You do, we've tried to do um, a dead vaccine with measles over and over and over, and you don't get enough immunity. You actually have to take the measles virus, kind of make it weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker, and then finally inject you with it. So you do get a little bit of live measles in order to become immune to it. Sorry, so what's, that, the, what's the difference between a live and a dead vaccine? I'm a little confused here. So a dead vaccine means that, like, let's take whooping cough or what's well known as pertussis. They'll take the pertussis germ, they strip the outside off, all you have is the inside, you grind it all up and you give that part of the pertussis vaccine, I'm making it as simple as possible, sure. but you give that to people. And if you give them five in the first five years of life, if you're exposed to whooping cough, you don't get it. However, with measles, you can't do it. You can't break it up and give it. If you give it in little pieces, your body doesn't ever become immune to it. So you actually have to take the measles virus and they, they put like denaturing agents. They make it weaker and weaker and weaker. And you're giving it and it grows in your system and it activates a, a portion of your, um, your immune system that can then recognize it the next time you're, you're coughed on by somebody with measles. And um, and that's the unfortunate thing, because there are a lot of people who are immune suppressed. They can't get measles vaccine. They'll die if they get a measles vaccine. So that's why it's really important that people with strong immune systems take that vaccine to confer herd immunity and make it safe for the person that can't take that vaccine. It's always a cough, huh? The cough is the problem, it seems like. Maybe if we got... That's yeah. correct. Like If, if we you get, cough, get people to stop coughing, then there would be no, no problems. Right? <laughs> I've always thought that about Okay, so like like uh, pain is illness leaving your body or whatever, or you you know why does sick? Ha why when you? I think you should be sick once in your life, just when you die, and the rest of them are just pointless, and they they just they're just things you have to get over, and they're little hurdles. You should just well, go. It, it, your body has to know to rest or drink water. Or no, something. no, no. The rest of your life you should be fine, and then the dead one you just go, <clears throat> and then you go, oh well, <laughs> that's the end of me. Okay. Or it should be fun. It should be like an orgasm. You should go, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> well, I'll send an email to Mother Nature. Yeah, so I was going to say, I like, I like how you think it's a choice. We're all like, you know, we should get sick maybe yeah. once I a year. I'll talk to management. Really, like, there's so many pointless illnesses where you're like, ugh, this is... Wait, you, know wait, you're gonna, all, they're, they're, you know you're going to be better. You know you're going to be better, but you're like, ugh. What's a non-pointless -point illness? Well, at the moment, I've been talking to you, I, I've got the early onsets of arthritis in my fingers, right? Yeah. I've got these early onsets of that, right? Which means when I'm older, I'm going to, it's just annoying. Right. Just an annoying, yes. stupid thing that's not going to help me in any way. It's just going to make me worse at golf and bowling. <laughs> and I'm already bad at both. <laughs> I, I've never even heard you go bowling. I, I know. I was going to say, I'm like, is bowling What's last time you went bowling? The, the holes hurt my fingers. <laughs> 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 worse at bowling. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, I've never scored a, over a 150. We're definitely yeah. going bowling when this is all yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Jim, that was, was arthritis. That was, was it you, Jack, who told me like after Corona, the first week of Corona, Jack's eating at Jerry's Deli in Studio yeah. City, and then his friends like, how about we go bowling? Could there be a worse He's Sticking your fingers thing into holes do? than everybody Wearing else? other people's shoes and, <laughs> and putting your fingers in other people's holes and grabbing it off a thing that everyone's been grabbing and then just eating crap. Like the chance They're of you nachos. not getting coronavirus bowling. <laughs> yeah. Or just any Get other Drying your hand on that air that gets oh, pushed yeah. out of there. <clears throat> Somebody's yeah. coughing in the back there. I think I got corona going bowling Four years ago. <laughs> That's where it started. That's how it's powerful so it was. Um, I think there was just a dead bat inside that air machine. 
Jim, uh, when asked where does the word vaccine come from, said it's the Latin to vaccinate and said it's very clearly from the Vatican. I don't think he was right on that. Not too right, no. Yeah. That's where but I, he was, was, where I, I thought he was going to say the answer because he said it was from the Latin. And I said, oh, he's going to say it right. Uh, vax is the word for cow. And the originator, the, the person that is given um, the credit for vac the first vaccine is a man named Edward Jenner, a doctor. Mm. In 1796, so another answer. Yeah, you gave him an eight, and that's two wrong right there. But I, I know he did better, but you're very being very yeah. nice to him. So, Yeah, so Vax was a cow, and he noticed that the uh, milkmaids who contracted cowpox from milking the cow udders, and, the, and cowpox was like you got ugly blisters on your hands, um, but you basically just were very uncomfortable until it resolved. They were not dying of smallpox. And he thought, well, that's interesting. I'm going to scrape some of those cowpox when, um, you know, off the cows when they have them, and I'm going to save it. And what he did is he saved it, and he took a little bit of it, and he made a scrape into people's arms and put some of that icky stuff in there, and they developed these cowpox pustules. And over time, when they were exposed to smallpox, because it was around all the time, it was a scourge, um, They all these people that got these cowpox vaccines um, lived. So he called it a vaccine, which meant a, a cow, you know, inoculation, essentially. Wow. Right. Well, that's that's really go. interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> because, because you, know, you know, it wouldn't have been as popular if they were called cow shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, and I asked uh, about inoculations versus vaccines. I was trying, because I, for at least what I saw, that's sort of the same thing. But it, I kind of wanted to ask that question because inoculation, when did that first occur versus the vaccine that you spoke of with Edward Jenner? Um, and I know. Do you, want, do you want me to tell you about yeah. the Chinese? Yeah, okay. please. Yeah. So I didn't know this actually. I had to, I just, when you asked me to do the podcast, I thought, oh, you know, I wonder when the first vaccine was because everybody knows about Edward, you know, Jenner work in the, the word vaccine, et cetera. Um, but when I went back into the archives of like the Philadelphia physicians um, dedicated to vaccines, whatever that is, it's an interesting website. They said that in the year 1000, it was well known that the Chinese would scrape the um, scab off of people with smallpox and grind the scab up and through a straw, blow it up the noses of royalty. And they would get a little bit sick with small, you know, a little bit sick, but it was dead that it was dead. And um, and then they the royalty survived many of the smallpox epidemics. So when they realized that and passed it on, that news traveled all through Asia, through the Middle East, all the way down to Africa. And um, they were using that technique. I mean, you had to survive it. Smallpox is about 30 percent lethal. But if you did survive smallpox and you could get the scabs off these people, and grind them up and save them and pass them along and inoculate your community, they were finding that a lot of people survived smallpox. So in my mind, uh, the vaccination effort was probably 1,000 years old before we got our hands so on I it. So I was off wow. on that one. Yeah, and, that, and that's the nasal <laughs> insufflation that they, that I was talking that's about. That's the like, nasal insufflation. But I was right on that, the theory that you put a little bit up there. Yeah. And an another little bit of interesting stuff, which I didn't know, was that they found smallpox in Egyptian mummies in the year 300 BC. So smallpox was on the planet for over 2000 years before we were able to eradicate it. Wow. Now, but was it something that back then that they didn't know that that was the disease or something? Cause it's like, it's like that, about HIV, right? For, for a long time there, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
they were having people dying of HIV, but they were just saying they were dying of pneumonia or they were dying from this or they were dying from that. They, like, they, they weren't acknowledging for a while there that that was the problem with the blood. So back then, when you say smallpox was around for thousands of years, did people know that was what was going on? Am I making sense? No, yeah, yeah. They probably had a different name for I don't yeah. know. They probably... It's, it was called variola, and actually, it, they they did know they called it the name variola. They called it smallpox, even in like the old, whatever's. But you're absolutely right. They did not understand the theory of germs. They did not know there was such a thing. It was Louis Pasteur that discovered germs and the germ theory. They thought it was related to filth, to poverty. Um, different yeah, the, they, they didn't that, understand that germ thing that he came up with. Right, that would have been a hard sell. The first what? time, well, the first the guy like Louis Pasteur when he invented germs, when he had to go to everyone like this, he had to go. So there's these things, and you can't see them, yeah. and they're jumping from skin uh, yeah. to skin. And if you don't wash your hands, they'll get up into your body, and then other things carry germs and this and like that. It's a hard sell now. Yeah, there's it's, people that don't believe yeah. that COVID yeah. 19s real. I know, but people that, just that's... started washing their hands this yeah. year. Yeah, I didn't know what soap was. <laughs> No, but you know, that's a hard sell to sell people. Like even to the surgeons, you have to clean your knives before you cut into these people. Yeah. Because that's carrying the, like, that's mental. Yeah. Um, this was already answered. When was the vaccine invented? Who discovered it? You said Marie Curie. I think you know that's wrong. Now you also said Marie Antoinette. There were no Marie's involved. <laughs> she said, let them eat vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Edward Jenner was credited with the term vaccine in the time, but now as Dr. Hackett just told is us. He, the, the is Chinese, he related to Kylie Jenner? Gotta be. Gotta be. Gotta there can't be that be. many they've, Jenners. They've been changing They finally the world did something since, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Discovered, yeah. It's like they started out so so well. Yeah, yeah. And, really yeah, and, and is, is Edward's name now Sarah? <laughs> it, the, the sad thing is Edward Jenner, if he was alive, would only have about 200 followers. on, on uh, Yeah, for sure. And they'd be like, big deal, vaccine. Well, man. unless he gets ass implants. Who was the polio guy's name? Like Baruch Salt or something. What was his name? <laughs> Baruch Assault. Really the, who the invented the, 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 the polio vaccine? Yeah, it was Baruch. It was like uh, something salt, up. something salt. Hundred uh, percent, it wasn't Veruca Salt. Oh, uh, there, Veruca Salt, 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 <laughs> Jonas Salt. Like yeah, I there said. you go. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Jonas Salt, Veruca Salt. That's yeah. how I always remember it. Veruca Salt. My mother had the polio, you know, Doctor Hackett. I, I, oh well, that's all right. I know she lived way past it, but my mother could bring polio up in any conversation. <laughs> She'd be having a bad day. She'd get angry at you. Oh, I, I didn't mean to get so angry, but you know, I did have polio as a child. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she could. There was a, a scourge on the earth, even like with your mom and my dad. He would talk about how they shut down all the pools in the schools when they had a polio outbreak because it was. Horrible. Oh, she had to learn to walk again. You know, I tease my mother a lot uh, on stage and stuff, but I do feel sorry for her about that. She she was she was bed restricted for a very long time. She could have died, had to learn to walk again, and then always had joint problems and that from then on. You know, yeah, part of the problem is you guys go to vets for doctors. Too, <laughs> down there, so. He's like, yeah. her hind legs aren't working <laughs> so well. <laughs> Just if you had pediatricians, maybe that, that's why I said. That's why I said like the polio. That vaccine had to be. My mother was born in the mid 1940s. She had polio. She must have gotten the. They didn't have the vaccine till the mid 1950s. Am I right on that? Polio vaccine? Exactly right. In the 50s. Yeah, in the 50s. Um, okay. So, how is a vaccine produced? Jim said in big metal machines, kind of like how they make sriracha. Yeah. And it goes <laughs> like that. Yeah. And go right there. What does the lady say at the end? <laughs> 
Uh, I don't remember what you said. She says, I don't mind this job. Other people find it boring. It gives me, <laughs> gives me time to think. Um, that's not quite what I meant. Uh, I said, how is a vaccine produced? But maybe Dr. Hackett With can love. shed some light on that. Um, you know, it's kind of true. Hey! It was just the noise that was true. The Did they make it at the Sriracha factory? <laughs> no, not at the same fact. Don't be silly, Forrest. <laughs> they grow the germs in, um, unfortunately, animals usually, and then they save it. Now, honestly, they have strains that now they just have in big containers, and they can reproduce the strains um, very easily, and um, they are checked very carefully for... Uh, contamination and um, things like that. Um, but with the kind of microbiology techniques and chemical techniques that they have now, they can check all of those batches very frequently so that we know that they're safe and they're uncontaminated. Is, is um, there you, a, is there ever been a moment where like someone's just walking across the office with like a beaker and then they're... Psh, and I was like literally just thinking up. the exact same thing. And then thing. they go, oh no. Because <laughs> like I hear that there's there's smallpox being kept in a vial in a safe for us to keep on making vaccines. It's like we have the germ, but it's under lock and key. Is that correct? This James Bondiness of that we, we own these diseases still? So there is definitely smallpox probably, you know, 500 feet in a vault somewhere. And in fact, the last case of smallpox in the... I think the 1970s was a young lady that worked above a lab that made smallpox vaccine. And, and she made some, cupcakes. <laughs> she'd go up through the vents and she contracted it and died from it. Uh, um, but, and so that's the horrible thing is sometimes things do go wrong in a lab, but no, they really don't walk across the room with the beaker anymore. How, do they, how, do, they, how do they get the beaker across the room then? Yep, I don't think they use beakers anymore, Jim. I, I, I imagine I imagine there's a system where they put beakers. a tray on the back of a dog. Yeah. You so love beakers. Beak. Have pack. you ever seen that I Love Lucy episode when she's working in the vaccine factory? Shoving in her mouth. Keep coming. Oh, hey, Lucy. Yeah. I'm doubly vaccinated. Uh, this one, I think, Jim. So Jim said they test vaccines on rats, monkeys, homeless people, students, than us. But and 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 COVID nineteen. So maybe we could just talk about that. So right now, how is that testing going with the COVID nineteen vaccine? How is that working? Who's that being tested on? Well, there are, I believe, about two hundred and ninety companies in the world making um, an effort to create the vaccine. And it's a coronavirus might be more difficult to understand because it's an RNA virus. And not to bore you, but it can't replicate itself. So you, it's not like a germ. Like if a strep throat person coughs on you with strep, strep can go in your body and it can multiply in your body on its own. Um, coronavirus is an RNA virus. It doesn't have enough um, capacity to replicate itself. It has to invade a cell. And then once it goes into the cell, it uses the cell's machinery to replicate itself. And when it makes a ton of them, it breaks up the cell and it busts up and you know, you know the rest of it, releases cytokine and kills the person. Um, so it's a different way of making a vaccine than a vaccine for whooping cough or tetanus, which by the way, they make a tetanus toxin antibody. It's not actually the tetanus germ that they're making the antibody to. So there are all different kinds of things that you're trying to fight because tetanus in and of itself doesn't kill you, but it makes a toxin that kills you. 
Um, no, you said and, you uh, said 290. Was that correct? 290 companies? And, and I, it's kind of almost like an arms race. It's like a space race. It's arms race, right? So the, 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 the company makes it first, makes billions and billions of dollars, right? No, yeah. no question. So they're not doing, there's not 290 companies going, we have to solve this for the good of mankind. Has there ever been vaccines that have been given away for free? Has there ever been like, did Veruca Salt go, you can have it, uh, giving it to the human race? No, she was notably a terrible person. (laughs) Well, I will say that, well, that is actually a real big fear that the companies will sort of go only to like the wealthy people. But when H1N1 hit in 2009, do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I had it. Yeah, you had, had it, Jack? Yeah. Well, you know... It, she doesn't it, even care about it, you, Jack. She didn't even know you had H1N1. <laughs> it was in Hong Kong. I had it in Hong Kong. It was, and uh, the Hong Kong that was uh, the swine flu. Bird flu. Swine flu. Swine, swine flu. Swine flu. Yeah. Swine flu. A version of it, yes. And um, it affected children much worse than adults. It was a really scary time. Oh, yeah, so. Jack's only nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> and the United States government did not have... Like, the flu, had been re- the flu shot had been released, and it was actually killing children. Um, and so the government stepped up, made a really fast um, addition to making a new flu vaccine within, I believe, within three months, which is phenomenal. And then we got to distribute it and we could not charge for the vaccine. We were given the vaccine. It was not charged. I don't know really who paid for it, but we took a whole bunch of vaccine and gave it out. And there wasn't, um, it was a public health measure. Right. And the answer to does they ever give vaccine out for free? That would be a recent example of one. But like in countries like Australia and Britain where there's free healthcare, they would get, be getting the vaccines for free. But I, I guess the governments still get gouged for the price of that. You know, I don't know. Someone's paying. Someone's paying somewhere. Yeah. You have some You have some philanthropists like Bill Gates that are um, donating billions of dollars to certain companies in the United States and in the Western world, um, France, Switzerland, the United Kingdom. I don't know how much is going to which which country, but he's donating billions of dollars to make a free vaccine. But and then, also for testing. Then you get those conspiracy theorists that say that he's creating a vaccine for population control, which is like so frustrating because he's such a philanthropist and helping so many people. And Ah, oh, yeah. I get the flu shot every year. And then I had a friend that told me, you know, they, they microchip you with the flu shot. I'm like... <laughs> And then what? I'm already, I have a phone. Have I've a got credit phone, yeah. cards. Like, good, microchip me. Follow where I'm but going. also Maybe the microchipping a, has yeah. been a rumor that that's been yeah. happening for 40 years. Like yeah. every election year, there's a microchipping rumor. All of that stuff. It's just like, it's so fucking mental. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, if you're not, you're already, the, the whole being tracked thing. It's like, they, they got you already. If, if you're worried about that, your cell phone's always on in your pocket. So they got you. But anyways. Um, okay. So, uh. Where is blah, blah, blah. Oh, name at least five diseases we have vaccines for. You said polio, tuberculosis, HPV, smallpox, flu shots, and you also said measles. I think you crushed that one. Yeah. Crushed. That's good. Crushed. Well, uh, I mean, uh, smallpox is not available anymore. Um, uh, it's eradicated from the planet in the 70s, 1970s. That was another question Jim got right. You did well, Jim. Right. So if we eradicated it so we no longer need the vaccine, but you say there's some kept in a safe in uh, 500 meters under the ground, um, so let's say it gets back out. We could, we could activate that vaccine again. We're ready to go. We know the formula. Someone's got the recipe, like, you know, there's Coca-Cola's recipe and it's like, we got the recipe for that <laughs> vaccine. We're ready yes. to go. 
Yes. Oh, good, good. Right, wing then. of bat. Do we assume that if it came back, though, it would be the same strain and that yeah. vaccine would be effective? It's wing of bat, eye of newt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is a newt? Why were we always putting eye of newt? Witches are obsessed with putting eye of newt in things. A newt's like a salamander. You know a lot of witches. <laughs> I know a lot of witch movies. <laughs> Sorry, so, Dr. Jack, we keep cutting so, you off with actual information. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The pox viruses really don't mutate fast enough. So, yes, it should gotcha. be covered. Okay. All right. We're good. We're all good on that. Um, according to the World Health Organization, there are licensed vaccines for how many infectious diseases? I said 90. I think I'm way out. 80 or 90. Do yeah. you have this information, Dr. Hackett? I saw this somewhere, but I don't remember where. No, I didn't look it up for the World Health. The CDC states that we have 26 vaccines in the United States. Yeah, oh. and the World Health, yeah, it was 25 or 20. Yeah, it's right, the same number. Okay, so I would thought Not- it would just be more, but I guess we don't. Because, <laughs> okay, so an MRI shot, how many, how many diseases does that cover at once? A what shot? The MRI, that's the multi, multi shot. You mean MMR? MMR. Uh, the MRI a- is like magnetic. Not resin. MRI. What's the one that the anti vaxxers hate? What's it called? It's the mo- measles, mumps, rubella. And, and, and what? MMR. Yeah. MMR. Okay. Measles, mumps, rubella. Sorry. What was it? Mumps? Measles, mumps, rubella. Rubella. That's another one. Rubella yeah, hasn't we- been around for a while. We got rid of rubella. We got rid of rubella, but not before we had a pretty bad outbreak. Right. What, so, what, 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 here's a question for you. What diseases are they working on? And anyone can answer this. What are they working on to fix with the vaccines? What, like, I know they'd be, they've been working on an HIV one forever. COVID. They'd be working on it. I'm sure they've been 19. working on it. They must be working on herpes since the 1970s, right? Yeah. So that, that one's got to have someone working on it. But apart from that, you're COVID. Ebola. Ebola, Ebola. How, how, how close are you getting the Ebola one up and running? Ebola wasn't that. That's like old school Ebola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you got the COVID, oh, oh, like COVID is like the like like the Taliban, and Ebola is like the IRA. Yeah, Doctor, I get your mic cut out a little bit there. So what, what oh, just... can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. better when you lean in a little bit. Yeah. Well, let me just say that we're Americans, so we forget that one of the world's um, leading causes of death is malaria oh, oh yeah and that, and you get that from mosquitoes don't you yes bloody from mosquitoes of mosquito and we don't have the genus here um but one of the fears is that as the world heats up and we become more tropical we may get that mosquito back here um so they're working on malaria zika Zika. Zika, Zika, that was one that we forgot about. Remember the Zika? There was the a couple pregnant, cases in Miami. I remember and that. And the pregnant but, women and all that. Yeah. The Zika was no good. No. But, but you said Ebola. We have a vaccine for Ebola? We don't. Mm-hmm. We're there working on it, but we do not have it. Um, you know, they work a lot harder on vaccines that hit the wealthy world. Right. Like, because if you want to give a vaccine where Ebola is, it's very poor African countries and who pays for that? Yeah. So yeah. we need a vaccine for the summertime blues. <laughs> <laughs> we can't uh, leave our houses. Please give us medicine. <laughs> there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. <laughs> Jack said get, get two to, things all podcast. <laughs> get to work on that. Um, what is it? Oh, so vaccines that have eradicated any diseases. Jim said smallpox. So that's correct. Is that the only one we've eradicated? Or there, rubella. Oh, rubella. No, we haven't eradicated rubella. Mm. It's still in the world. So I guess it depends on what you're saying. But and we eradicated polio from the Western, con- like Canada, the United States, um, 
Mexico and South America has had polio eradicated. And tuberculosis um, is eradicated in most countries as well, right? But it's still... Not so much, no. We still see a lot of tuberculosis in the world. I got pulled out of a lot. I was once, I was once uh, um, coming back into England and I was in Australia and I may, be, I may have been hung over and I, was, I, I may have been drinking on the plane. And I, I walked in, 24-hour flight, and I was all sleepy and pale and just like that. I got, pull, I got pulled out of the line. Maybe they had those temperature testing things. And I was brought into a room for a, a tuberculosis screening. And I'm like, I'm what? Australian. Yeah, I'm like, I'm Australian. I've just come from Australia. I'm Australian. <laughs> we can't get that back I, go, I just look sickly. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with I'm me. I'm always pale. Um, no, I, I used to be in school like this. Miss, I don't feel well. Can I go down to the nurse's office? And the, the, the teacher would always be like, oh, you do look very pale. And then off I'd go skipping my way down. <laughs> But what did they do to screen you, Jim? Oh, they 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 did something—an X-ray or something to check my lungs. Like it was a proper tuberculosis Cavity screening search. room. <laughs> it was, was like the there drugs. was a, it was a lung check thing. It was like a proper thing, and I, I remember I was there for they quite took a an while. An X-ray in the airport? They had a they had a there might have been a breakout in tuberculosis. Did they put you on the, the conveyor belt where the luggage no, I, was? I <laughs> That's good. No tuberculosis here. Yeah, yeah. yeah they uh, did a cavity search. Yes, yeah, that's so weird. And they said we're searching for tuberculosis. You're not going to bite it down there. That yeah. you've swallowed. Okay. Um, I asked you how many deaths per year do vac vaccines prevent? You said in the millions. I don't know if there's an actual number, Doctor Hackett. You can't but... quantify that number, can you? Well, actually, um, if you go to the CDC website and they talk about vaccines, over 20 years, they believe that it saves somewhere in the order of 750,000 deaths in children alone. Wow. Every year? So, over 20 years. Oh, 20, okay. It saves 20 million cases, oh, wow. but 730 deaths. That's wow. So, so math, I guess it's somewhere around... Um, 30 some odd thousand cases of deaths a year. Yeah, yeah. I I got told, I, I believe now, am I wrong in saying it? I believe I had whooping cough as a child once, mm. but I got over it. Is that one a hard one to get over? I don't remember it because I was a child, but I, I'm, I've been passed on this information. I never knew what that was. You just go <laughs> and cough like, what is it? It's it, What it is is you cough, but you're excellent at basketball. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, it, you're, you cough and cough and cough, and if you're a small baby, you cough so much you can't breathe. You die from like oxygen deprivation. Mm, and yeah. um, yes, you're right. It was common and a lot of little kids got it and they got over it, but it's like the cough is very much a whoop, like a <clears throat> type of loud cough. And mm. it's very painful and um, it can last months. And after you cough, you cough, you go, there it is. Like that. <laughs> that's, how people, that's how people know. Woo. <laughs> Super fun till you die from not breathing. Um, the herd immunity, Jim said, is when everybody gets sick together and hangs out. That's kind of what he said in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, they did that for COVID. It was Sweden. I, I Sweden. But I, I read something different. I, I, I think that's what people think herd immunity is. But can you speak about herd immunity? I, I'm not sure. Well, herd immunity, uh, let's see. It's I was saying in the note I sent you that it's kind of a mathematical model. And it depends on the germ. Mm. 
So um, if like, for example, TB, if people, um, it's a really hard germ to spread. So um, if you have a small, like maybe 30% of the people are protected, you're not going to see much TB. But in um, measles, for example, if a hundred people are in a room and um, you need about 95% herd immunity to not get measles because it's spread so much and it's aerosolized. So you, you want to make sure that 95 or more people in a room of 100 have the measles protection, the antibody. Or if it's 90% and you have 10 people in the room that are not protected to measles, when someone coughs, at least... Um, five or six of those people will get measles. Wow. Yeah. So that, and that's what I was reading is it's that it, it's usually achieved through vaccination, but can also occur through natural infection. So, so, cause some people, even in the comedy community, were saying like, Oh, you just, you just, you just get sick and then everybody builds up the immunity, but there has to be some people with antibodies that are known in that group. Right. Otherwise everyone could just right. die. Like we're hoping that we can give you herd immunity without getting the disease. Yeah. So, get the disease if you get covid and you know um that is exactly what happened with sweden unfortunately is they thought okay let people get it enough and get herd immunity but what we don't know with covid because it's new is what is the percentage of people that need to get it to confer herd immunity is it 30 percent 40 percent 60 percent that doesn't actually work so well um if you have to achieve it naturally and people die from it right versus getting an inoculation so if you could just be patient wear your mask, practice social distancing, and wait for the vaccine. That seems to me to make a lot more sense. Patient. Than Kidding me? Say, buy to <laughs> grandma because, you know, buy grandma because, you know, we're yeah. going to get hurt. So, so what, what, what was I, what I was saying about the, the vaccine coming out and me being skeptical about how long it should be out before I take it, is that nonsense? Once, they, once the FDA say, I don't even know if it's FDA, but once the medical people say, this vaccine's good. Should I just believe it because it's been tested or is there always a risk? Ooh, good question. And I think that I, I'm asked that every day, by the way, maybe 30, 40, 50 times a day. And we're trying really hard to see who's making it and how they're making it. And, um, and I'm asked all the time, will you take it, Dr. Hackett? And my answer is probably it's highly likely I'll take it because the companies that are making the vaccine are companies that are very accustomed to making vaccines and they're putting their best scientists on it. And I, I feel comfortable that I will be taking a vaccine from when it comes out. Right. Okay. okay. Uh, and they've also, they've also injected it into thousands and thousands and thousands of volunteers. Some of the studies have 30, 40, 50,000 volunteers already, and they're not having side effects. The big question is, will you take that vaccine and will it be protective? I don't think I'd worry so much about the side effects as I would about whether or not one or two vaccines will protect me. Has there ever been a vaccine that has been given that, in hindsight, it wasn't tested enough? Because I know that we, we've, got, we've got medicines like flamidomide, right? And then the, 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 the pregnant ladies took it and the children came out. So, so has there ever been a vaccine that we sort of went, yeah, we didn't, we didn't do that one enough? Yes. In fact, in the early 1800s, they were making diphtheria vaccine. And remember, diphtheria, I don't know, nobody knows what it is anymore because we, it's pretty much eradicated from this hemisphere. Um, but it was an infection that was airborne and it caused you to make a very thick coating in your throat and then your 
throat closed up and you died basically of asphyxiation. And it, it, it hit children very quickly. So they made a vaccine for it, but they didn't really know what they were doing so, so much. And um, some of the companies injected diphtheria into into some of the population that was still very active diphtheria. So they actually gave the patient diphtheria. Well, and I, they, you know, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the vaccines. I, I, I took, I've taken all of them, I've given all of them to Sano. I've taken every single one you can take. I should say that I used to be a small Spanish girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, well, congrats on your career. Thank you. Vaccines work. <laughs> so, the accent is almost gone. So, <laughs> so that, that when you when I asked you if there are any adverse effects, obviously there are some side effects. You mentioned like arm swelling, fever, something like there are something like that. But it's, let, we can talk about anti-vaxxers now. And you said that you think they're detrimental to our way of I th life. I Jim. think I think the like, anti-vaxxer. Is there any credible link between autism and vaccines? It's been debunked. It's been absolutely. Can I talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Sure, oh, yeah, please love to, talk yeah. about it for more than a minute. Only three minutes. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Only three. No, no, take your time. <laughs> yeah, she needs to be in even numbers. She's got a vaccine. <laughs> well, the whole thing with autism is that it was recognized. Um, in the 1990s. Before that, honestly, people didn't recognize it. They talked a little bit about it, but they started to seriously recognize that there was a disorder in children that involved mostly language and social behavior. And, um, and those two things occur in your second year of life, right? Like, we don't really talk that much about language and how you react with other kids and stuff like that when you're eight months old, but we certainly talk about it when you're 18 months old. So, um, Andrew Wakefield uh, was a physician, and in 1998, he published an article in a very tiny little icky article that made its way into a really, uh, into the Lancet, which is a, a, like the New England Journal here, and um, said that MMR given to children causes autism. And what he was basing it on was a study with like 25 kids and you have to remember that when we give MMR, we give it at one year of age. And then if you become quote unquote autistic in the second year of age, it had to be the MMR. So we was using a temporally based model, like, look, if you got it, then it had to be this. Um, unfortunately, that took off, uh, got a lot of traction. I remember watching with horror that, you know, our Congress was debating whether we should suspend MMR because of this issue with autism. And one of the congressmen stood up and talked about it for a long time because his grandchild was diagnosed with autism. Many, 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 many studies have debunked that. They've been well run. They've been filled with thousands and thousands of children. And unfortunately, autism is a heartbreaking illness for a lot of people. I mean, you have mild autism, but you can have severe autism. And so there, there is no known one cause. So when you can say, okay, it's MMR, that's the cause. You got your one cause. It's like a bullet point, boom, social media took off. And that was really the big resurgence of anti-vaccination movements. So you had some, you know, everybody knows Jenny McCarthy, all that other stuff. But um, for the rest of us, we really spent a lot of time looking at that study and saying, is that real? Could that be? And, and, and it's not true. Yeah, it says he Without, was discredited too here now as a, a physician. Well, he he was stripped of his doctor because turned out what he did was he 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 put that study out and then he became the expert for a lot of different lawsuits and was paid thousands and that who knows millions of dollars to be the expert. So he did it, hmm. but it was really just ingenious. The reason why he did it and what he did with it. He's been stripped of his doctor title. He's now Mr. Andrew Wakefield. 
Um, and he's, he's got an, it's like in medicine, he's no, he's got a notoriety for being no good. Yeah, we actually uh, had asked him to be the expert on this episode before we asked you, but he was busy. Sorry. Not at all. Just kidding. We only have doctors on this show. <laughs> uh, sometimes not. All My right, dad we're... is wearing a mask. But anyways, um, yeah, so unfortunately that took a lot of traction and it's and we can't seem to break that. We can't seem to convince people. Well, we I also have a president who who somewhat agrees with it, right? Who's an anti-vaxxer. Well, don't you don't he doesn't agree with anything scientific. Right, right. right. Yeah. right. Well, well, hair transplants. He's, he's bought into that science. Yeah, when he makes his anti-vaccine comments, they're in the same category as don't wear a mask and you know, the list is long it makes your head hurt. Yeah, but you I, should I, you should put disinfectant into your blood, correct? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're um Donald Trump, you should. Dr. Hackett, eh? <laughs> maybe maybe don't say that on air. I don't know. No, no. you can uh, say that. Don't worry can, about it. You'll have a few You'll you'll lose a few people that won't come. He's a hundred percent not going to listen to this episode. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no, no. going to listen to bees. This isn't on Fox and Friends. <laughs> um, do you know about this horse named Jim thing that I found? Is that? They, you know, it goes back to what they what animals do they use to make a vaccine? And they did use horses all the time. So there was a horse named Jim that they you know inoculated with diphtheria. And then they drew his blood and they made the diphtheria toxin for um, distribution. And what they did not know about this horse at the time was he had tetanus. So when they injected a bunch of these kids with tetanus, with diphtheria um, vaccine, they gave the kids tetanus. Ah, so a bunch of the kids died from tetanus from the diphtheria vaccine. And so the horse named Jim was like a big screaming, hey, look, if you're doing these vaccines, don't don't do harm with your vaccine, fix it. You know, not all vaccines were well-made. Yeah, right. They're much better now for a million different reasons, but um, the technology back then was was not there. I, I, I just thought it was funny because it was a horse named Jim, so I found it. And then it said that this incident and, and similar one involving smallpox led to the passage of the Bi- Biologics, Biologics Control Act of 1902, and then eventually the U.S. Food and Drug Administration in 1906. Right. So it did lead to that, the horse named Jim. Um, uh, I asked you, I don't know if you were able to do that. We have this dinner party fact thing here where our expert gives us one fact, obscure, interesting, or a story or something. That no, they, she already gave us a fact early on where we all went, whoa, and now I've forgotten it. <laughs> Which one was that? I don't know, I've forgotten it. Oh, the vaccine that comes from cows. The name, ah, the name, the name, the name. Cows, cow shots. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to give us another one, but if you have something. I'll give you a couple because I thought I found some interesting things. Um, well, you know about the the vaccine being from the year one thousand in China. I thought that yeah, was yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good. You're giving one. us a couple already, yeah. Yeah, and then um, I didn't know this, but during the um, you know the when Washington was was doing the hunt north, trying to fighting the redcoats, he and his militia were up as far as Quebec, fighting them. And he was winning, and then his whole militia got smallpox, and fifty percent of the militia died of smallpox, and he had to retreat and go all the way back down to New York. And at that time, he made all of his recruits receive a smallpox vaccine before he would continue. Um, it was a mandatory vaccine, 
So mandatory vaccines are old. I mean, we're talking 1774. He mandated that they have a vaccine. But if that had not happened, America would still be way up in Canada. We own part of Quebec. Because wow, that man. would have been considered vaccine. United States territory. So yeah. getting a vaccine is the most patriotic thing you can do, we should say. Yeah. Also, those women in Quebec. I'm going to awesome say, men. if you like baseball, what I always say is take one for the team. If your kids are, are healthy, please get the vaccine because your next door neighbor with the heart transplant can't take that vaccine. If your kids are going to play together, your kid will kill that kid. And then they go, what are you talking about? Right. What are you talking I'll go, well, if your kid gets measles and goes next door and your next door neighbor with the heart transplant who needs to take medication so he doesn't, you know, um, fight right. his heart, uh, he gets measles, he'll die. He'll die in one day. Uh, and, and, I, and then they go like this. They go, Johnny, I told you you weren't getting a shot today, but you're getting a shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, my son had two of them at once and I had to take him in and I was like, all right, man, it's just going to be a little needle. And then he was like, he's, he, they put it in his arm and the needle came out and he, like a cartoon character, went Poof, across the room, was in the corner and went, that was not a little needle. And then the, nur the nurse gave zero fucks. She, she had done this to so many children and she's like, is he ready for his next one? And I'm like, all right, nurse. She probably started out being really entertaining. Yeah, like that, right? And, then just and so, so I had to pin him down and in a bear hug and hold him and I go, just put it in, just put it in. You'll get some Lego. <laughs> Tell him to climb a tree next time. Yeah, I I yeah I, that, you just reminded me of something too. So cancer patients, I remember this from my mom, when they get chemo, it, it wipes out all the vaccines that they got. So all the vaccines my mama got were wiped out by the chemo, but then she couldn't get them because her immune system was compromised. And that was one of the other, so people need to think about that as well, not just the heart transplant, but anybody, there's so many different patients that are susceptible to these diseases and then can't get the vaccines that wish they could. I, I, I love that you said, if you're a real patriot, you would get the shot. Yeah. Because yeah. if you really care about your neighbor or your, your teacher or your doctor, um, with COVID right now, I have patients and they come in and they've got their mask around here. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you need to put your mask up here, honey, because I'm 63, I don't really want to die of COVID, okay? Yeah. And they're like, oh, and then, you know, I'll say, or, and they'll go, but doctor, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm suffocating in my mask. You're just As doing a, that because you want the compliment because you look so good for 63. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like that because I'm 63 and they're like, no, I am, I am. And I don't want to, you can't die. You look so youthful and young. And then you go, oh, stop it. And then you go pull down that mask, mask and kiss me. <laughs> hundred percent. That's, that that's what happens. That's what happens. But you were saying they can't breathe. They say they can't breathe in their mask, but that's BS, right? And we're in a mask for eight, 10 hours a day. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sympathetic. I really know what you feel like as I'm, you know, my glasses steam up all day, et cetera. Right. Look, we're giving shots out in our parking lot. And the reason why we're doing that, not everybody, we, we're bringing our children into the office, you know, at different ages, like definitely a two-year-old can't do a telemedicine visit. Um, but we have to see our kids and we're bringing them in and we're there all day long. I have a staff of 25 and they're relentless. They just want to get the job done. And so we're bringing them in with almost nobody in the office, um, totally masked and gloved, et cetera. But if you're um, 11 or 12 and you don't, you can talk to me, you can kind of stand in front of the camera. I can do enough of your physical. And a lot of it is mental health questions. Um, a lot of other social issues some teaching. 
Then they finish the checkup and they go, so Dr. Hackett, we'll see you next year. I'm like, no, no, drive over to my office and come up in the car and tell me the color car you're in. And we're going to give you your two shots. I I have to ask something why I have an American doctor. And I'm doing this because we have a lot of Australian listeners uh, on the podcast. Uh, We've watched this in movies. And I hope some Americans in the room can tell me, what is it with the grabbing of the testicles, turning your head and coughing? What is the doctor looking for? What is, I have never in my life, I've seen it in so many movies, I've never in my life had a doctor grab my testicles and go turn and cough. I've had to do it. You don't have good not, doctors. Yeah, but I, that's because I asked you nicely to do it. That wasn't, oh, a, right, that right. wasn't a medical thing, Jack. Wait, you're not a doctor? <laughs> it's just when the doctor thinks you're sexy. So. <laughs> no, but what is it? We've never had that. They don't do it in Britain either. I've spoken I, to British people. We don't know this. They grab your balls and tell you to turn and cough. What is that all about? It's like you're all being felt up against you. They're looking for hernia. Okay, so why don't we do that in Australia? In, in Australia again, because you go to the vet. Yes, <laughs> you crack the code early on. <laughs> and also, we don't use the term strep throat. We just say throat infection. I used to watch some people in movies like I couldn't go out with him anymore because he had strep. And you're like, it sounds so scary. It's just a throat infection. It goes in like three days. I don't know. Throat infection sounds worse to me than strep throat. Yeah. No, you just got an infection in your throat. Once you take a few antibiotics and then it's gone. Well, Dr. Hackett. uh... (laughs) I'm just saying that I feel like there's more medical procedures in America than necessarily grabbing people's testicles and making them Or maybe not enough in Australia. I, I, if you get like a like a wart in your finger or something like that, you come over here to America. They like freeze at this and that, and then they send you off to a wart specialist, and they tell you to do this. They tell you that everything in America is referring you to another person. I could be a doctor in America, a normal GP, not what you do, Doctor Hackett, but I could be just a normal GP. Just oh, you got a problem with your foot? Go to the foot guy. <laughs> you got a problem with your skin? Go to the skin fella. You know, I could do that all day. They just referral offices, but in Australia, I'll tell you what, the doctors dig in. You go in, you go, oh, I've got this mole. They don't send you off to a bloody skin doctor. They, like a they, 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 the guy in the building just goes, oh, get me me scalpel and a solder. <laughs> right? And he just digs in there in your back and then he burns it all out while you're there. It's just a better system. Yeah, it's more, no. it's more Sounds hands like on. Sounds like your healthcare sucks. More honestly. hands on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm going to defend ourselves a little bit. We're pro- I'm primary care. My husband's primary care. We do all that. I don't deliver babies, but we'll take off moles, we'll treat warts, we'll do all that. It just oh. depends on. I get. Ref- I must be a nightmare to live with because they send me. They se- always send me to a different doctor. Every doctor can't help me and sends me to another doctor. I just run around town. <laughs> I went to a one for me hands the other day, and they said, "Oh, we need some X-rays and stuff." So they're sending me back to my doctor who referred me to the bloody hand doctor. <laughs> what was That's that? Do- what was that doctor that was a TV doctor, whatever medicine in Australia? What? Quibby or not Quibby or... Uh, what? You're, you're thinking Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? Yeah, Dr. Quinn. Uh, that's got yes. nothing to do with Australia. <laughs> that was that was Jane Seymour being a doctor in the Wild West. Yeah. And you've just gone, oh, that would must have well, been he's, he's, modern it, day Australia. It Australia. Well, it does sound like the way you make Australian healthcare sound, it's kind of like the Wild Wild West. Yeah, yeah. So. No, you were thinking of... Dr. Quincy, Quinn, Quinn Medicine Woman. Dr. Yeah. Quinn Medicine Woman. Yeah, I, I was thinking of Doogie was, House. You're thinking of Quincy Goes Outback or whatever, <laughs> Tom Selleck. Okay, yeah. You've got the two... two I've never seen that movie. No, Quincy Down Under. Quincy Down Under. I thought that's who. Yeah, yeah, that was hot on the hot on like they did like they they did like like Crocodile Dundee, and then they brought Tom Selleck out and they go Quincy Down Under, and it was just Tom Selleck just hanging out in Australia when he was a cowboy. I haven't seen it. It's got fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Quincy Down Under. Quigley. 
Quigley. Quigley down under, sorry. All yeah, right. Quigley. Uh, okay. Quincy was the, the medical doctor who helped fix you on the show, uh, Quincy. Yeah. He, he was a forensic like pathologist or something, and then he just somehow solved crimes. How yeah. many of you people, the doctors, right, <laughs> how many of you actually do start solving crimes? Because, like, you know, diagnosis, murder, Quigley, there's always seems to be in those Quigley's TV shows, doctor. doctors seem Quincy. to be obsessed with solving crimes. Have you or do you plan to solve a crime in the future? No, thank you. Okay, all right. <laughs> Easy. Um, okay, Dr. Faith Hackett, thank you very much for being with us today. We appreciate it, especially in this time where this is a very interesting topic to discuss. Um, is there anything you want to say? I got another one for you. I got to okay. ask you. <laughs> trying, to let, trying to let you go. What's but, mono? Yeah. What's mono? Everything. Mononucleosis. Yeah. What is mono? I I hear this all the time. Is that the is that the kissing one? It's the yeah. name. Is that is that glandular one. fever? It's it's yes, that's what they used to call glandular fever. It's infectious mononucleosis caused by Epstein Barr virus. Oh, so in Australia, I had glandular fever. We, they just call it glandular fever because glandular okay. fever makes you tired. Because I remember what I did was with my mum. I, I woke up one morning. I know the show's over. We'll no, 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 it's fine. I didn't know. I was, Glandular fever is mononuclear. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I had glandular fever. I didn't call it mono. I used to be like, I hear she has mono. Right. Any, I was like, what's that? You hung out with a lot of like the, surfers. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what we see in movies. Money. It's all like, you know, 90210 people. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so I said, I wake up a bit tired one morning and I went, oh, I don't want to go to school. So I went to my mum and said, oh, I'm a bit sick. She leaves the house to go to work. And then I'm sitting there masturbating and watching Indiana Jones. Right. Good day. Good day. Good as they get. Then the next day, I thought to myself, I still don't want to go to school. A bit tired. And so I went, oh, I won't go to school. And then I thought, could I go three? Could I Could I lie my way to three days off school? And so I said, oh, I won't go to school. So my mum cancelled work and so we have to go down to the doctors. So then I'm in the doctors and I'm already lying, right? Because I, there's nothing wrong with me except I was a bit tired. I'm like, oh, what's your symptoms? Oh, a bit tired. Uh, well, have you got pain here? Oh yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's very painful. You know when they're touching you. Yeah. Does this feel heavy? Oh, that feels very heavy. You know. And then I thought they were going to go. You'll be right in a couple of days. Have another two days off school. I thought I'd bought myself the week. Right. And then what happens is the doctor went. Yeah, this isn't good. We need blood work. And he comes in with a needle. And I'm like, fuck, I've bloody pushed this too far now. I've got a needle in my arm, right? And he's like, we need to neuter him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, so I get I get the needle. And then they take it out. And then the next day they found out that I had mono. That's why I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't lying. I just was feeling tired. And I thought, I, you know, I won't go to school. So yeah. Yeah, I had it for a while. Mono was rough. And this is the thing. It was the kissing disease. And I'd only kissed two girls mm. in you my can, whole life. You can get it on your Damn. first kiss. And I'd bloody, that girl wasn't worth it. I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, I've tried to let you go three times now, Dr. Hackett. Um, is there anything, make, anything you like yeah. to say? Yeah. I do want to say something. And, and, and this was a lot of fun, and I thank you for letting me do this. I will say that in my lifetime, and I've only been a doctor for, like I said, 34 years, I have seen um, with the advent of Hib vaccine, pneumococcal vaccine, um, those are the two big ones that we used to see diseases in all the time. Like in the late 80s, when I was first starting practice, I used to lose patients to meningitis, pneumonia. It was a really odd disease that Hib caused that made your epiglottis swell up. 
And we used to carry a beeper in the um, when, when I was training at Hopkins that went off if they thought they had an epiglottis patient because the epiglottis is like a thumb in the back of your throat and it got so swollen that it would just flop back and kill the kid. So we had to learn how to put a, a needle here to let the kid oh, live. And um, it was terrifying being a pediatrician in like the 70s and 80s. And they came out with those two vaccines sort of in the late 80s and made them better and better. And now we give them at two, four, six and 12 months, two, four, six and 15 months. And it's gone. It's 99% gone, HID vaccine. So when you were asking about whether we got rid of, um, you know, a couple of bugs, I forgot to mention HID vaccine because in my short lifetime, it's gone. Now it does exist in people's throats all the time, but it doesn't kill our little kids. And I remember distinctly every winter getting a big breath and forget the flu. It was getting that call at three in the morning to go down to the ER for like a nine month old with a fever and a bulging head. And I'd put the spinal um, needle in and pus came out of the spinal needle, like green pus. And I was shoving antibiotics and spent the whole night in the ER trying to save that little one's life. Sometimes I didn't. And sometimes I did, but they lost their vision or they lost their hearing or they became cognitively delayed. It was a horrible, horrible disease. Mm. And um, when HIB first came out, it was only given out to two-year-olds and they made the vaccine better and better and they could give it down to babies because it was a baby disease. Um, and my partner's eight years younger than me and she's never seen it. It went wow. away that fast. Once nice. they instituted that vaccine, put it in the schedule, made doctors go, you know what? made it mandatory. She, I would tell her about the red beeper, about you know getting pus out of spinal columns, about the pneumonia kids that got intubated and died. And she said, Faith, I never saw that. I'm like, what? And I found that really fascinating. So when we talk about vaccine um, success stories, I'd say HIB is way up there with the pneumococcal virus, which everybody knows is like Pneumovax or, or Prevnar, but it's pretty much dropped that 90, 95% in the, in the children's. Um, what, so when the CDC gives me statistics, I see it. I no longer get that call at three in the morning with a febrile, you know, the kid with a fever and put my shoes on and run out the door of the ER. I don't have right. to. I'm like, did you get your shots? Yes. Fine. Then you're good. Use some Tylenol. I'll see you in the morning. So take your vaccines, people. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Hackett. You've been a joy. You're a good egg, you. You're all right, you. <laughs> you're out there helping kids and stuff like that. You're all right. You're, you've redeemed the Hackett name. <laughs> <laughs> I've been ruining it for three years out here. <laughs> I'm only sorry I'm not seeing you, Jack. Uh, I'll turn the camera eventually. You didn't even know you had H1N1. You don't care about him. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you Good so much. Bye, Thank Dr. Hackett. Thank you, Dr. Hackett. All right, everyone, that's our show. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'll do me old catchphrase today. Do me old one. TV oh, yeah. one. Uh, what is it? Uh, what was it again? It's, we can uh, all do better. We can all do better. <laughs> Good night, Australia. <laughs> It doesn't sure, work if I have to tell you. Yeah, make sure you subscribe, rate, review us. Oh, we're, yeah, yeah. We're also right. on Instagram at IDCAT Podcast, IDKAT Podcast. Um, yep. Keep yeah. the comments coming. Not enough bad ones about me. I feel, feel like I'm not doing <laughs> a good job. But, <laughs> and yeah. also, t- keep telling your friends because the, what we want to do with this podcast is we want to get it to a size where we can start when I go back on the road maybe we can do afternoon shows in your town and do the podcast to live audiences, you know? So that's something. I think we're at the numbers already in Australia where we could do that, but it would be nice little thing if we could take this on the road. And, you know, if we come and visit your city, maybe we'll have an expert from your city about your city or, yeah. or what have you. 
yeah. about the city. Sure. <laughs> Tell us everything you know about Des Moines, Jim. <laughs> well, you know, it's like it's like I could do a whole thing on Sydney about when it was. Yeah, but we could we could find an expert and yeah, yeah we'll but, do yeah. whatever topic. Well, yeah. we, we do want a tour. You so. know what's going to happen in Australia? The boomerang. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So share clips with your friends. Tell your friends. Join the Facebook group, the Jim Jeffries. The didgeridoo. And how did you invent it? Oh, I cut down a tree. It was hollow. <laughs> Good night, <laughs> Good Australia. Night, Australia. <laughs>Why, hello, it's your old pal, Sarah Silverman, and I have a podcast called The Sarah Silverman Podcast. Yeah, I could have been more creative with the title, but you never go, hey, did you see last week tonight? No, you say, did you catch John Oliver? So, yeah, I'm a dreamer, but I'm a realist. I talk about all kinds of stuff from politics to breakfast cereal and everything in between. What are there, like three to four things in between? I'm super smart. I'm... I'm super dumb. I uh, have strong opinions, which I might change completely tomorrow. You're not always going to agree with me, but I don't know. I'm doing the best I can with what I've been given. If you don't like it, uh, give me more.